This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You heard of this thing, the eight-minute abs? Yeah, sure, eight-minute abs. Yeah, the uh, exercise video. Uh Yeah, well, this is going to blow that right out of the water. Listen to this. Seven-minute abs. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's National Geek Day, so we're here to geek out on money. Today, we're talking about an illustrated guide to money. Finally, a book with pictures. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, it says here for young people, so uh, like young like you only recently got your AARP card? Anyway, to talk about how the young and young at heart disease medication can money mow better, we welcome from her money... Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle. They're upstairs having a tuggle of war over who gets the next ride on Mom's Harley. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Katie, who successfully achieved the dream of killing off all her debt and wants to know now what to do with all of her leftover money. And now, two guys who want to help you picture a brighter future in the money book that is your life, it's Joe. Oh, and oh, J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers. Welcome to the party that is Wednesday. Let me be the first to welcome you. I'm Joe Saul Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And with me, as usual, to celebrate the fact that it's all downhill from here, Mr. OG. What's happening? Gene Chatsky's so happening. For that too, but also because it's summer. It's summertime. Wow. Summertime. <laughs> did, did you, Doug, you didn't he... take your medication today, did you? I took too much, actually. I took two of them. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Doug, if he's 12 or 13, do you think? <laughs> School's out for summer. We're running reruns the whole summer of this, right? So I don't have to worry about this. I just, <laughs> it's all reruns just like days of our lives. Finn turns going full time this summer, just like Young and the Restless. It's all reruns. Why do you know that? The Young and the Restless is reruns all summer, and this is a fact. Obviously, still in your head. 
I mean, we're still waiting to find out if Becky is really going to marry Tommy. It's just. Didn't, didn't Becky die like four years ago? Yes, but she was resurrected oh, because of the special well, medicine from Julianne. That happens so often. I hate when that happens. I don't know if you guys know this, but we got Gene Chatsky and Catherine Telgley here today. <laughs> so I want to talk about money. A little better than all that. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if it's better or not. I just know that they are upstairs waiting to ride mom's Harley while they wait for us to get through a headline. We got a fantastic headline today. Some disturbing stuff. We're going to look at life from the advisor side of the table. Like if you, if you wonder why you maybe shouldn't replace your advisor with just social media, we've got uh, a little fun, fun in air quotes on that topic. We also have a great Haven lifeline today, but first this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Gene Chatsky, Catherine Tuggle here to talk about how to money. So let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. Our headline today comes to us from Investment News. This is written by Bruce Kelly. Broker-dealers face risks aplenty, regulators warn. Firms should be watching out for employees chatting on WhatsApp, as well as brokers in need of heightened supervision and complex products being sold to retail customers. Oh, gee, this is a an interesting piece because I think people don't realize why a lot of advisors don't go on social media a ton. And a lot of the financial stuff that you read is from unregulated people. And you end up with these wacko things like we talked about on Monday, right? This dude saying, Hey, don't invest in the stock market. Go put all your money in IPOs. Like let's let's just do the venture capital route and cut to the chase where we either make a ton of money or we lose it all right away. But regulators, regardless of of what this piece says, regulators really watch what advisors say online. Well, and to be clear, what we're talking about are brokers and not financial advisors, not registered investment advisory firms, fiduciary advisors. They're not regulated by FINRA. What you said earlier was 
financial advisors aren't on social media. Therefore, the ones who are must be unregulated. They're just not the brokers, the, the guys from Merrill, Ameriprise, Edward Jones, whatever, because they're kind of under a different set of rules, a different um, self-regulatory agency called FINRA. And the idea of compliance in the broker-dealer world has always been the lowest common denominator. It's always been, well, one person one time may have said something on the internet that was not exactly right. So instead of creating a system for communication that everyone uses, Twitter and Facebook and whatever, that's acceptable, we're just going to say, you can't do it, period. <laughs> it's like like you, like the headline here was, you have to watch out for people potentially saying stuff on WhatsApp. I don't know what WhatsApp is. I mean, I know it, but I don't have it. But isn't the whole idea of it is that it's kind of sort of private? Is that not what WhatsApp is about? Like, how would a, how would somebody know unless somebody unless you screenshotted it and tagged it to a? I don't know. It's such BS that this is the enforcement action. Dang it! You better not say dumb stuff on social media. It's like, what about the people that steal people's money? Oh yeah, yeah, those guys shouldn't do that either. But don't go on social media because we will come at you. It's like, okay. Maybe we should probably focus on the thing that really matters, like, you know, saving people money and um, not, you know. Well, yeah. And and I think that's my point is that is that this vacuum of people largely, I think, that are responsible people. There's certainly some bad actors in that community, but it gets filled. A lot of that void gets filled. You see it on Twitter. I see it on Twitter. It gets filled with trash, just absolute trash advice because of the fact that a lot of the responsible people decide to say nothing. Well, it's not that they decide, it's decided for them. It's decided for them, right, to say it's nothing. The, I mean, a little behind the curtains here, the whole other guy thing was because of this. Like, it was because there was a time when podcasting and social media and the website and that sort of thing was just not allowable. I remember bringing it up to the compliance department at the at the firm that I cleared through at the time as an idea. I said, what, what, what do you think? The podcast might be kind of a cool thing. What do you think? And they said, uh, yeah, sure. We just need everything scripted. We need to uh, pre-approve it before you launch it. And it takes us about six weeks. And I said, well, it's contemporaneous and we do three of them a week. At least that's the plan. And we're talking, we, we want to talk about headlines happening right now, not six yeah. weeks ago. And they said, well, that won't work. I said, well, is there another option? <laughs> it's like, like, what can we do to speed up the process? What can we do to like, you know, no, sorry, it won't work. So you're right. That's an interesting take. I hadn't thought about that. But the problem with that is that it actually hurts investor relationship or investor outcomes because the real pros can't have a comment. You know, you got freaking Jim Cramer on there yelling and screaming about buy this and sell this and not. I was OG, just to give people an idea of this, I was one of 12 people in the country who were cleared through a big firm, Ameriprise, cleared to speak. 12. One of 12. Out of 12,000. Who were cleared to speak and then go through compliance later. And I had to go through crap loads of media training and whatever. I was one of 12 in the entire company. And after that, they didn't let anybody do it once they heard what you, <laughs> how you laid waste to the whole thing. <laughs> did you see what Joe did? <laughs> okay, we're not making that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> now there's 11. Today they're down to four, right? <laughs> well, I mean, and I get it. Like, if you're a big organization, if you're an Ameriprise, use that as an example, 
it's very difficult to have a process that allows for 12,000 people to speak their mind because you can't, you don't know what anybody's going to say. But I also think that by and large, like you said, the vast majority of people are doing what's right. So why, why would you not, I'm certain there's technology. And if there's not technology, why would you not provide the training that you got maybe at a different scale, but provide the training that you got here's, you know, don't use the word guarantee when you're talking about investment products. I mean, like it's not, it's not national secrets here. (laughs) No, but these companies are doing this, this lockdown, according to this piece, because they're running scared. They look at a $125 million settlement. The sec reached last December with uh, JP Morgan and a $700,000 settlement that a firm called Sage point financial reached with the sec because they were facing claims. OG that it had, quote, failed since 2013 to have an up-and-running system that adequately supervised brokers with histories of misconduct. A company like... Well, that's a different thing. But still, if I'm Sage Financial, I'm like, hey, we're just not going there. Like, like you know what we're going to do? We're going to do nothing because of the fact that apparently we don't know how to police this correctly. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, brokers who have had missteps in the past, like, heightened supervision is the term that's used these are folks that maybe did something that's not so great, <laughs> you know, uh, an unsuitable product sale. Or- I'm, reading, I'm reading down here further. This uh, Sage financial thing was a little, a little worse than I might've thought. Yeah. I might be kind of putting a little bit of niceness on it, but there's, there's definitely places where brokers go who get expelled from firms you know, you get fired from Merrill because you're a slime bag and then they end up at other places. This may be one of those. It may not be. But generally speaking, those types of individuals require higher supervision from from compliance because of their past behavior. And I guess to bring the point home here, where do people largely study after study shows? Where do they go to get their news? They no longer go to the newspaper. They no longer go to credible sources. They look at things like Facebook and this is, uh, this is a local news website from Miami-Dade County. This is uh, News 10. Scammer pretended to be a military serviceman to swindle 74-year-old victim, police say. And it's because Linda Burness, who was the victim here, was using Facebook when she thought she connected with a handsome military serviceman known as Mr. Bravo. By the way, if you're connecting with somebody who's calling themselves Mr. More Bravo. Like Bravo Foxtrot. <laughs> Yes. Detective said the Facebook user was a scammer who'd later manipulate her into handing over $60,000. I think you got to curate your feed. Maybe, maybe make sure that uh, if a guy presents himself as Mr. Bravo, Hey, I'm Mr. Bravo. Got 60 grand. Yeah. This is just one instance. I mean, you can go, you can flip through over and over and over. OG, how people haven't curated their feed of, of, uh, who they trust, who they don't trust. And I think there's some work that you got to do there. Well, but- we, need, we need more voices spreading the good news, not less. And I would pray that the fine folks at FINRA, it's an alliteration, bonus points for OG. Um, <laughs> I would hope that they would kind of take a different tact and say, well, let's figure out a way to help investor education as opposed to hindering it. Coming up next, uh, man, I can't wait for her to come back down to the basement because she's one of our favorite people. OG, Gene Chatsky is back, of course, not only 
is she the financial editor of NBC's Today Show? She's the best-selling author of 11 books. She and her editor-in-chief at Her Money, Catherine Tuggle, got together to write a great book for people just starting out with their money. We're going to talk about themes when it comes to people handling their money and getting a handle on their money. And their emphasis at Her Money is definitely on women, so they'll be pointing directly to them. But you know what? I've talked to Jean enough times to know that dudes in the audience, this affects you too. But something that also affects all of us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday is Doug's Trivia. I don't think I like your connotation there, Joe. It warms our hearts. <laughs> something also that, that also affects us. I, d- I right. don't know. Spreads like a disease. Stop. Like a rash. I don't know. Can I just do the trivia? Okay, fine. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Today is National Geek Pride Day. No, we're not going to eat souvlaki and yell opa. I said National Geek Pride Day. According to nationalholidaycalendar.com, this day celebrates a people who take advantage of the Bill of Rights for geeks. Some of the geek rights include the right to be more geek, staying at home, not have a partner or be a virgin, not to like football or, you know, sports, to have all the geeky friends who love each other, and not to give in to fashion. I love that one. And we want to say congratulations to all of those who celebrate. We hope you have a great day, Joe. Dude. (laughs) See what I did there? Anyway, my question is, which movie premiered on this date, thus marking it as National Geek Day? Was it Star Wars, the original Dune, or Lord of the Rings? I'll be right back with the answer after I look for information about the Red Wizards of Fae in the library. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. For more than 85 years, Navy Federal Credit Union has made it their mission to help people in the military community. Navy Federal Credit Union is open to all branches of the military, veterans and their families, Navy Federal's employees are veterans and military spouses, so they're part of the community they serve, and they understand their members better than anyone. Members can enjoy an average earning and saving of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the national average, an average credit card APR 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member service, over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops when you're on social media with the same hashtag they're using, hashtag Mission Military Thanks. It's hashtag Mission Military Thanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Insured by NCUA, dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Give Back Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Give Back Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020, published on creditcards.com. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. 
And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Hey there, stackers. I'm peak physique freak and tongue-in-cheek geek, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. As geekpriday.org says, geeks are humans too, and they deserve your love and attention. I'm sorry, Joe. You want a hug? <laughs> I can't get a reaction for that? You don't want a hug? Fine, I'm not giving you a hug. There's no shame in geeking out on what you love, and the impetus for National Geek Pride Day was the release of a movie lots of geeks love in 1977, which was Star Wars. And now, to help your kids geek out on money, Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle. And coming down to Mom's Basement, it's our friends Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle. How are you, ladies? We are so good and so happy to be back in the basement. It's been a long time. It has, but Catherine's never been Thank here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, Catherine, it's not as creepy as you think. Just to let you know, being in my mom's basement, it's very normal. All good. All good. I grew up with a nice, musty basement myself and lots of fun down there. We, <laughs> we don't want to know, Catherine. <laughs> it's a rated G show, Catherine. No, we uh, let's start here, actually, Catherine, with you. You know, there's lots of books out there. Why this book? Why right now? You know, I think that there's been so much renewed dialogue just in the last decade since I started my career in 2004 women's empowerment and women's education and helping your fellow woman and the idea that women can do anything that is more in the forefront of our nation's consciousness than I've ever seen it. And the best way to empower women who are in a career is to start them early, is to catch them before they ever choose that career, to catch them before they ever have a budget or before they ever invest their first dollar and teach them how to do it right and empower them with information that perhaps their parents never told them, perhaps they never learned in school. And in most cases we found their parents aren't telling them these things. They're not learning these things in school. So we thought it was the natural next step as her money to supply the ultimate handbook, the ultimate guide to getting started with your career and your financial life for young women. You two both talk about three concepts during the introduction I want to talk about. Gene, one is this idea that I've heard you talk about multiple places called the marshmallow test. And I think this is an interesting study. It's an older study, but I think a lot of our listeners haven't heard of it. Do you mind uh, sharing that story with us and why, why you talk about it in the introduction? Yeah, we talk a lot in the book about future you, about this concept that every financial decision that you make right now, you're making it not just for you today and what the you of today wants, but because you have this responsibility to take care of yourself as an old person and 
very little confidence if you're a typical member of Gen Z that the government or your employer is going to take care of you as an old person, that you got to make these decisions for you and for this future you. And that's really, really hard. And we know it's really, really hard because decades ago, this guy named Walter Michelle, who happens to be one of my daughter's best friend's grandpa. Really? That really? Fact. Yes. My daughter has nine best friends from summer camp and he is Lauren's grandpa. Isn't this anyway, like small he, world territory, by the way? I mean, I feel like I this just, happens all the time. When I met Lauren's mother for the first time and I, I digress, I was like, your father did the marshmallow test? Like, you know, but never, never mind that you're like some big lawyer. Your father did the marshmallow <laughs> right, test. Right. Like, can we just talk about that? Anyway, so Walter Michelle put young kids in a room and basically said to them, you can either have the marshmallow right now, or if you can wait a little while, you can have the marshmallow and another marshmallow in just a little bit, 15 minutes. And sometimes it wasn't a marshmallow. Sometimes it was a little pretzel, but the idea was there was a reward to being able to wait. And years of studying people who succeeded at this test found not only were they better off financially, they had fewer drug problems. They did better on their SATs. Like being able to delay gratification in a lot of different forms turns out to be a really important life skill. And when we're talking about your finances, really what we're talking about is being able to make a decision that's satisfying enough today so that there is some money that you can put away for tomorrow. Like that's at the heart of everything that we do. And if you can't get this right, there is no money to invest, right? There is nothing waiting for you at the end of the rainbow. You take social security too early. You leave a ton of matching dollars on the table. Like you got to get this right. And so we write and we talk about the marshmallow test over and over and over again because this basic scale of being able to wait is so important. And yet, Catherine, as Jean's talking, all I'm thinking about is something else that you two write in the introduction, which is social media is making it harder to delay gratification because, as you point out, every single thing on Instagram is how we could have more now. Yeah. And it's not just the young women who need that lesson. It's me. It's all of us because it is coming at us from every direction. And I think a lot of times, even if you are just the kind of person and you log on to read the news and then you get right back off again, you're still going to be influenced by ads. And I think it's um, it's just, it's what we've heard for years about keeping up with the Joneses. Only now the Joneses aren't just in the front yard when we walk out the front door. The Joneses are in our pocket and they are making us feel that we need to compete, that we need to have everything that they have. And, you know, we, we hear so many young people doing it for the gram, right? Like that's even right. a hashtag that right. you're doing it for the gram. And if you're not doing it for the gram, you're doing it for TikTok. And we've read about young girls who buy clothing just for, you know, a video on TikTok showing a new outfit haul. And I think, you know, if you don't have the money to do that, then there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure in in every aspect of social media. Which which creates just so much stress, this push and pull between what I know I want for my future and what the gram is going to prove to everybody that I may have that I don't have today, Jean. But here's the really interesting thing. And, and Catherine and I 
just worked on a big study that just came out of the field that we're calling the State of Women 2022. We did it in concert with one of our partners, an organization called the Alliance for Lifetime Income. And we did a pretty deep dive into worry. And, and you know, it turns out that even women who have a lot of money and earn a lot of money still worry about money a lot more than you would think. But the thing that actually causes that worry to fall more than anything else is information. Mm. When you know the next step to take, when you can say, I know what to do if I want to save for a short-term goal, or I know the next step if I want to buy a stock, or if I want to put money in a 401k, or if I want to buy a car or rent an apartment or improve my credit. If you know what to do, you worry less. And I think that's really big. You know, I mean, because we are all, like Catherine said, we're all so stressed out about this. And you asked why this book. I mean, I think Real Simple Magazine, which gave us a nice early review, said it best. They said, you know, where was this book when we were all young women? Where was this book when I was coming out of college? And I feel that way. I made so many mistakes coming out of college. My therapist would say, that's why I do what I do now, right? <laughs> Still um, trying to solve I that problem, Jean? Yes, exactly. But I, I think, you know, I I have a 25-year-old daughter. I want her to have the information. I want all of her nine best friends to have the information. And and I want all the young women who are in our community and, and coming into our community and in your community to have the information. It's so powerful and it's so frustrating to see that that push and pull. So I think, okay, as I'm diving into the book, I think, all right, Catherine and Jean are going to just tear into managing money and you don't. You actually talking about making money first. Uh, Catherine, why do you start with making money versus managing the Benjamins that you've got? So I think before you manage it, you've got to earn it. And we talk about all the ways that you can earn it and career paths that typically women might not have chosen 10 or 20 years ago. And we show women that there is a path to get there. We teach them about negotiation, how to write up a resume. Because again, most of our readers are going to be coming right out of college. And these are not things that are taught. You know, to Jean's point earlier about having all the facts and having all the education so that you can feel prepared, I think the thing that we see over and over again is that uncertainty leads to inaction. And we know that inaction is one of the worst things that you can do for your money, mm -hmm. for your career, for your investments, for your retirement. So we've really tried to start from the bottom up. And once you start there and you start that building block of saying, you know, you might not be earning it right now, but you're going to get it. And yeah. once you get it, here's what to do with it. You know, everything we tried to put in this book was empowering, including the journey to having your own money. Let's dive into the negotiation piece, Catherine, that you talked about, because, you know, we, we just got the the inflation number. Gene, if, if, if people aren't making eight and a half percent this year in terms of raises or extra money, they're falling behind. So this is a huge time to know about negotiation. What are a couple of keys that you two share on negotiating with your employer to maybe bring home more money? Again, you have to have the information, right? And and the good part about the internet, one of the nice things about the internet is it it will give you the information about how much you're worth. You just have to Google for it, right? You got to go to Payscale and Glassdoor and, and look at what the want ads for people who are like you are actually earning and use that as a benchmark of, of what you should be earning. And then, and I think this is true for young people, young women more than anybody else, 
you have to be willing to switch jobs. You just have to be willing to move. I did it when I was young. Catherine did it when she was young. It is the only way in many careers to get a significant pay bump because your employer may give you a cost of living increase. I mean, what they're used to giving as a cost of living increase, right? Two, three, four percent. But many of the women in our survey haven't gotten a cost of living increase in, in the last handful of years. But if you switch, you're, you're going to make 20, 30 percent more. And now is the time to do it. I talked to somebody at an event yesterday that we were doing. He had gone from a job with a small company doing what he does to a to a bigger company doing the same, got a 65% pay bump. And he felt like he didn't want to go to his employer and ask for a raise because, you know, everybody's hurting now. Everybody's everybody's hurting. My employer's probably hurting. So he was just going to get on getting along. And I've seen this, the, the studies, Catherine. He has felt that women are even more likely to feel that than men that, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. We actually saw this very thing in our uh, Harmony State of Women survey that we just did. And I think it's really symptomatic of how women tend to put others first. They put their spouse first or they put their children's first or, you know, they're putting what they believe to be their company's concern, their company's financial bottom line ahead of their own earning power. And and it comes from a good place. You know, nobody wants to put your boss in a tough spot if your boss is, is struggling. But I think very often we perceive things to be perhaps worse than they are or tighter than they are. And if you're doing a good job, there's always usually wiggle room in the budget to accommodate at least a portion of your request. So we we try to double down on the fact that women shouldn't be shy. We, we shouldn't hesitate to negotiate and ask. Yeah, I get frustrated when I see anybody not advocate for themselves. You really have to advocate for yourself because nobody's going to do it more than you do. You then go into managing it, Jean. And one of your subchapters is where is my money? And I assume <laughs> I, I assume from that it's this thing that we we all have like fifteen different dashboards, right? Instead of just having one. Yeah, we have we have a lot of dashboards. I think we have a lot of ways of moving money around, and more than that, we tend to not look. We tend to have some blinders that we just. We don't want to know. We don't want to look. We don't want to see how much we're spending every month on our subscriptions or that we're still paying for subscriptions that we haven't used in two years or how much we're spending on food and eating out. I mean, you've seen this, Joe, right? You you, you ask somebody to start tracking your spending, right? We do this in our coaching programs, right? We start with, with in Finance Fix, we ask somebody to track their spending. They track it and then, oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I didn't know Had how much no money idea. I was, uh, how, that's wrong, right? That is just wrong. I am not spending that much on food. And in fact, yes, you are, you're spending that much on food. And look, we're not the money police. That is not my job. I am not your parent, but I am my son's parent. And I went through this exercise with him to get him on a budget, right? When he got his first job and moved to California and he wanted to make sure that he had enough left to save and fund a Roth IRA. And I was so proud. And, you know, so we went through this exercise and he tracked for a couple of weeks and then he came back to me and we looked at his flows of funds. And he said to me, and I need $250 a month for Uber. And I said, Jake, you have a car. And he said, yeah. But on the weekends, my friends and I go out and we drink and we don't drive. And I said, you need $250 a month for Uber. And then we found it. 
right? So we went through the budget and we figured out what he didn't need money for so that he could have that money. And that's that's what this is about. That's where is my money, right? That's what do I actually prioritize so that I can make the decisions that work for me? I don't want anybody making the decisions that work, you know, in their life that work in my life. I, I want it to work for you. I think he needs the negotiation chapter to negotiate with his friends to buy the drinks for him. That's what he really needs. Or something, right? <laughs> if he's if he's driving, look, if he's the designated driver, he's I'm sure I, I who knows, but he's he he is certainly um you know, he's figured it out. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Start off with your priorities and then work backwards. Catherine, you have a chapter called Spending Smart. And and I'm wondering, there definitely is a hierarchy of spending that you lay out here, like how to think about your spending and how you spend money. Can you walk us through a couple of the basics there? Yeah. You know, I was raised by a family of thrift store shoppers. We grew a lot of our own food. And as I got out into the world and out of college and moved to New York City, I suddenly realized, oh, not everybody goes to the Goodwill to get their work clothes. So, you know, I tried to incorporate some down-home lessons that that I learned growing up in rural Alabama. And then we also looked to uh, a lot of Jean's money rules for, for that chapter, which include uh, just taking a 24-hour pause on something. If you see that you want to buy something and it's not a need, it's a want, just sit on it for 24 hours. Add it to your cart, and ruminate on it. And it's always when I break that rule, Catherine, Jean's 24-hour rule that I get in trouble. And I have to say, I break it a couple times a year. And I always think later, I regret it so much. Yeah. Impulse buys are where we spend so much of our money. I think what we've seen from participants of our finance fix course is it's always the impulse buys. It's those impulse buys at the cash register, or I call it the impulse buy gauntlet <laughs> at uh, at like TJ Maxx or yeah. Old Navy, where it's just like, <laughs> It's like you you are in a little hamster maze of totally. hairspray and gum and candied <laughs> popcorn. And it's like, we have to be thoughtful about our spending. And I think that that is the message at the core of this book is to be thoughtful about everything with our money. Because when you are thoughtful and you take time to learn and to think about things, it's your money is not going to be a source of stress to you. It's going to be a source of empowerment for you. How do I tactically line that up though, Catherine, when I go to TJ Maxx, so that as I'm running the gauntlet that I know that I've got, do, do I set out with a certain amount of money that's my TJ Maxx money? Is that where I begin? I actually don't have a problem running the impulse by gauntlet anymore because I know that they're out to get me. Oh. Right, Because I, I have internalized this message that I can look and I can touch and I can smell the candles and I can spray the, you know, body spray or whatever's on offer, but I'm not going to buy it because then they win. I love that. The other thing you can do is put in your AirPods and chew gum. Um, <laughs> no, because there, it's true. Like if you can get your other senses working, oh, yeah. um, you're not going to be as susceptible to that stuff. I know people do the chew gum thing for weight loss, right? I mean, even though there's some sugar maybe in the gum, it just stops you from the impulse of, of putting more stuff in your mouth. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm thinking with earpods too, maybe you're playing like the Star Wars, the, the, the uh, Evil Empire music, you know, whatever that is, <laughs> as you're going through, like, I'm not going to let them, them get me. Uh, Gene, I want to end with this question. I know you've written a book in the past that's about health and longevity, and so I think a lot of people may be surprised that the two of you end this book talking about how important health is to making sure that your money goes where it, where it needs to go. Talk to me about that, about ending this book on health. 
Yeah, you know, it's so connected and it's connected at every age. If it's good for your health, it's probably good for your wallet. By the same token, if it's good for the planet, it's probably good for your wallet. It's it's just thinking in this way, you know, when we do things that keep us healthy, it's the clean your gutters sort of approach to personal finance. You're not going to have the big problems, the big expensive problems down the road. So so by eating right, by not smoking cigarettes, by walking. I mean, so many of the pandemic behaviors that we adopted because we had to adopt them turned out to be really good, cheap ways to stay healthy and save money at the same time. And so like, I'm not going back to a gym. I'm, I'm just not, you know, I, I buy my running shoes a couple times a year. You and I have run together, Joe, yes, and under the a arch. long time ago, under the arch in St. Louis. And I, I just think that's a, a nice way to live. And all of these healthy behaviors help us reduce the huge amount of financial stress that is just a huge problem in our lives. And so anything you can do to take, take a little bit of the heat off is a good thing. The book is called How to Money Your Ultimate Visual Guide to the Basics of Finance. I know as uh, Catherine and Jean, both of you mentioned, this book is is written targeted directly toward women. But I don't know, I'm a 54-year-old dude and I loved it. So just want to say as an imposter in, in that uh, territory, it was fantastic for me. Uh, I think it's a great gift for people and I'm assuming they can get it everywhere. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Well, well, and thank you, Catherine and Jean. And I would be remiss to ask you one other thing, of course, you know, people listen to this podcast, listen to Her Money too. And, you know, nobody listens to our show. We have maybe two listeners out there. Can you share some secret thing that may be coming up on the show that nobody knows about? Well, you're coming up on the show. I I don't Uh, even know that. You are coming up on the show. Yeah. Joe will be there to talk about your book with Emily. And we're very excited to do that. Actually, you will be, and you may not know this yet either. So I hope this is. I don't okay know any you. of this. This is all new you, to me. You will be answering questions um, from our listeners in a mailbag in a mailbag special episode, all devoted to your book. So, so that's coming up. Awesome. Well, and it's Jean's book too, because you finished the book for us. We have interviews with guests like amazing guests like Jean. So, like the cherry on top is Jean Chatsky at the end of the book. Oh. So. Okay, besides the awesomeness that is me on your show, there's got to be something else. Catherine, what else is coming? Yeah, well, we just had on May 4th, we had a Mother's Day special with Senator Tammy Duckworth, and she shared some pretty incredible insights about her journey, her career journey, her journey into motherhood. So I would definitely uh, recommend people go back and listen to that. She was amazing. She was fantastic. Really fun. So fun. And we'll link to that on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Jean, great catching up with you, Catherine. So great meeting you. Thanks for coming down to the basement. And anytime. (laughs) I'm Andy Dwyer. And when I'm not pulling suckers off my tomato plants in my garden, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Gene and Catherine. And you know, OG, I like that they start with, uh, let's make some money. Let's make some money. I think it's a good year to think about making more money with inflation through the roof. Make money. Time to think about making money. Good stuff from Gene and Catherine. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, Doug, they put what you value first. Actually seeing uh, defense in the NBA. <laughs> 
during during the playoffs, 115 to 111. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The good news is no defense gives you more time for offense, just like not <laughs> filling out life insurance applications gives you far more time with your loved ones and your family. See, see Ninja, Ninja moved there. That was impressive. Uh, their prices are affordable. All policies issued by the parent company, Mass Mutual. Application easy to complete online. They offer an instant coverage decision. No waiting for that decision. You know what? Get your life insurance done the way that you know you need to. Do it now. Stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life. Let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline today to Katie. Hey, Katie. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Hi, Joe's mom. And of course, OG. My name is Katie, and I have a question for you guys. I have no debt to my name. I paid off all $92,000 of student loan debt. I own my car free and clear. I am maxing out my 401k with a 3% company match. I am actively investing in low-cost index funds, and my net worth minus my car is about $75,000. $20,000 of that is in uh, cash stores and a bank account just for an emergency fund. My fiancé and I just bought a home for $316,000 with an ouch 5.25% interest rate. Womp womp. He is currently in med school and is bringing in $0.00, but does have loans that are in deferment as he is still in school. So my question for you is money that I have left over every month. Should I increase my emergency fund? Should I be investing it? Should I start paying down his student loans, even though they're in deferment, not earning interest? Should I throw more money at my mortgage as the interest rate is super high? I just don't know what to do with all of this money that I have left over every month. I appreciate you guys. I love this show and uh, I can't wait for that awesome t-shirt. Katie, thanks for that. You are amazing. Nice job. Isn't is she doing great, OG? How about that? Pretty awesome. I'm going to call into the Haven Lifeline and say, so I'm down to 3% body fat. I have a full head of hair. I mean, it was just all this amazing stuff she's doing. She just wants the free t-shirt and to tell everybody how she's killing it in life. <laughs> Look how great I am. This is a problem. This is a problem. No, I mean, we a- need to have people that have, have wins, right? No, we yes. do. We do. This is a problem that we didn't see enough, but OG, I used to see it. You see it all the time. It definitely is a problem. It's like, okay, what's my order of operations? What does she, what does Katie do next? Well, it sounds like all the easy stuff is done, right? So maxing out my 401k. I just want to be clear on that one. She said, I'm maxing out my 401k with a 3% match. Let's just make sure that we're using the same terminology. Do you mean that you're maxing it out to the 20,500 or that you're putting in the 3% so you get 3%? If you are doing the 3%, so you get the 3%, there's your next $17,000 goes in your 401k or whatever the number is. If you're maxing it out and you say, hey, I'm maxing it out, so I, I got 20500 there, plus I'm getting a 3% match, okay? I think you have to sit down and think about what is more important to you. Is it more important to have flexibility or is it more important to have a net worth statement that looks positive, so to speak? Because undoubtedly, the student loans are going to be a big minus when they kind of show up on the family balance sheet. You said your fiance, so maybe you guys aren't combining money quite yet. You know, that could be kind of sort of ugly to look at, but it also could be at an interest rate that's fairly attractive. The house, while at 5% seems like high, is still relatively low in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's uh, higher than it was, you know, maybe a year ago, but still in history, a pretty attractive rate. 
and probably will have opportunities to refinance that in the future. So I like the idea of just having it invested in your regular brokerage account because it gives you the opportunity in the future to make other decisions. If you put it on the house, which you could do, you're basically saying this is my only choice. And the only way to get the equity out of the house then would be to uh, refinance it. If you pay out the student loans early, that's admirable, but there's no interest and no payments due. So, I mean, I guess you're having some benefit of not having interest on it eventually. But if your fiance graduates from medical school and you guys are, if you're living together right now in the sense of combining money and you're making it work, just take the first year or two of his pay and pay off the student loans. So you could be very aggressive with that, you know, after he, after he graduates. If she does decide to pay off the student loans, do you think they wait till they get married? I mean, I know that love always lasts forever and I'm sure things are going to be great for Katie and her fiance. But I think that if it's my money, just a little protection, maybe if I decide I'm going down that route, OG, until, until buddy puts a ring on it, maybe I put that money in a, uh, in a emergency fund. And then once we're married, then I put the money into paying the student loan. Yeah. I mean, if paying off the student loans very aggressively were a goal and they're deferred and there's no interest being accumulated right now, then I would just tell him, dude, we're using your income to pay this off and we want it paid off in three years. So you're going to take 50% of your doctor money, money bags and uh, pay it off. You know, like, (laughs) you know, it's like we, we've made it this far, right? I mean, we've made it to this point without, without using any money from you. Like you're sloughing off and not bringing anything to the table anyway. So wow. we don't really. Sounds like she caught a real good one. Are, are you a, are you a financial planner or a marriage counselor? Yes, both. I think... <laughs> Listen, you slack ass. Here's, here's the way you talk to your spouse. As long as, as long as you're both putting food on the table and doing the dishes, I'm sure there's no strife. No, never. never. But I'm in medical school. It's like, whoa, I went to work all day. You know, you know, excuse me while I pay the mortgage <laughs> bill. Wow. <laughs> Passive aggressive much? Oh, yeah, 100%. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, if and this is the big mistake I think that people make, whether it's being a doctor and you get doctor money or you're a college kid and you get private equity money. I mean, it's just you, you, you go from making nothing to all of a sudden making something and you go, well, holy heck, this is a lot of money. I should buy a car and a condo and a beach house and a boat and a yeah. jet ski. And all of a sudden your entire income is used with payments because nobody says no to you. You know, I mean, it's not unheard of for medical professionals to go from being making 40 grand a year as a resident to making 40 grand a month as a practicing physician. So all of a sudden you go like, well, I can afford anything. So I'm just going to do it all. And then you get in the spot where it's been three years, you've made a million and a half dollars and you go, why in the heck do I still have student loans? I just made a million and a half dollars in three and a half years, but I've got all these payments. So just drag it out like two more years. Pretend that you're in school for two more years and then you can pay all your debt off and you're fine. And then you can do whatever the hell you want. I don't know how our show hasn't turned into a marital advice show. I have no idea. Because we're really good at it. (laughs) I am an expert according to me and I have experience. So And me. (laughs) Welcome to our new show. Men are from Mars. Women are from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoa! That escalated quickly. (laughs) Oh, 
You're not invited on the new show, Joe. That's not how we talk we to are people. Are sensitive, caring, new age men? I thought that was where you were headed. I thought you were just headed right there. No, what man? What the heck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Katie's the one that's bringing all the money. I'm telling him to f off. Oh, women are from Mars. Men are from. Exactly. I'm glad you fixed that, that. That is a show that we could that I think everybody that's, would subscribe that's, to. That's what we, and we're at a million downloads an episode now. <laughs> There's a pretty good chance that has a that has a ring to it. <laughs> Pile it up in your brokerage account, Katie. Unless you really don't mean that you haven't filled up your 401k yet. We're using different words. Then put it all in your 401k. Then put it all in your. I I think there's an opportunity here. OG, there is a. There's this great new book out all the kids are talking about called Stack, Your Super Serious Guide to Modern Money Management. And Katie, chapter one of that book says to timeline your goals. And OG, I think that when you've got all this money and cash flow, it gets easier to have it get lost in the shuffle like you're talking about if you haven't asked, what do my different goals cost? And so um, start plotting stuff out with your fiance. Like, what are the things that are coming up? And begin building these pots of money for those for those things because I don't think it's about because I think when especially in a market like now where things are so all over the place and there's so much negativity out there I think it's easy to make the wrong money move like we were talking about last week if you don't have a purpose for your dollars yep so chapter one Katie it was chapter one for a reason that's where I would start and I'm not talking about I would start by buying the book. <laughs> I'm talking about, I would start with timeline your goals. Thanks, Katie, for that. Congratulations, by the way, on all the success. And um, man, she's doing so much great stuff. And I'm with you, OG. I wouldn't worry too much about that interest rate. I mean, sure, she didn't get the low, 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 but historically, not not horrible. You know what occurs to me? Katie's doing so well. I think I should get her t-shirt because I, I just can't get the damn t-shirt. Eight more episodes, Doug. I just complained about it like two episodes ago and still no code showing up just, in my Just eight, eight more episodes and, and you'll finally get one. Katie doesn't need the damn shirt. Hey, got a lot of people to thank. Obviously, I have to thank all of you for spending your valuable time with us. Uh, man, we got through a lot of good stuff today about social media, about uh, timeline of your goals, I think is very good. And of course, Gene and Catherine and all the great advice about setting up your money management system. So fantastic stuff today. But thanks also to our guest. I know Doug's going to be thanking people later. Uh, if you want deeper dives into these conversations and links to even other people talking about the same types of things we're talking about on today's episode, subscribe to the 201, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. If you already subscribed to it and you love it, you think your friends will love it, you may not know that we reward you for recommending it to your friends. When you go into your 201 about halfway down, You'll notice everybody has their own unique code. You can just send them that link. And you know what? We will hook you up with some cool Stacking Benjamin stuff. You'll find details there in the 201. Last but not least, though, if you're not here for swag or additional links or for discussions about social media, timeline of your goals, whatever it might be, you're here because you just need better help in your corner because you're not surrounding yourself with the right people. OG and his team are taking clients. So head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG. And that's the link to their calendar to get you started on the journey to thinking bigger about your money goals. All right, uh, Doug, I think that's it for me. Time for you, brother. What should we have learned today?
Well, Joe, first, listen to Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle, kids. Money is best explained with pictures, which is why I suggested making Stacking Benjamins a puppet show rather than a podcast. But is my opinion respected? No. Second, once you've killed off all your debt, get working on your plan. Heck, do yourself one better and create your plan now. That'll put your debt in perspective and your eye on the real prize, your goals. But the big lesson? Be proud of being a geek. People are going to find out anyway, like when we found Joe's collection of Star Wars Band-Aids. That wasn't awkward at all. Thank God nobody's discovered my Superman pajamas. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? Thanks to Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle for being with us today. Their book, How to Money, is available anywhere you can figure out how to shop. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Doug, you took a little uh, R&R from the podcast recording yesterday. Did you slay them? I was. I, I didn't exactly rake. Uh, day one was It's called raking? Tough. Wait, I mean, any pick a euphemism, sure. Like when you're- I've never heard somebody say, I've, well, I guess I, I rake in the casino chips. Kind right. of the same thing. Slay the fish? I don't know. I don't know. Slay? You went fishing. I went fishing. And in, Did you go in catch fly it? fishing, 
I, I went catching on the second day. Okay. But uh, first day was slow for everybody. Um, I think I had one take and didn't get the fish to the boat. Oh, you're in a boat. I thought you were fly fishing. I was. We were drifting. Yeah. We were in a fly fishing. Gu- we were in, with guides. And uh, so in the other boat, each guy, I think, got two small ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boat, we got nothing. I've only gone fly fishing one time, and, and we just walked down the river. Yeah. It was so we- shallow. Yeah, they all, I mean, we, well, the first day we probably could have waited. Um, That's what I mean. The second day we went to a different river. We went to the Muskegon River, which empties out. I think it empties the Higgins. Higgins or Hancock. I have to look. Houghton Lake. But Higgins close. or Houghton, yep. sorry. But Houghton. Um, Houghton, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, I was going to say the Nile, but I couldn't think of it. All I could think of was Cairo. And then I was going to try to fold Joe into the conversation, but, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I couldn't I think of the river. I'm like, there's a river in Egypt. It's super famous. I know it. It's the tip of my tongue. Is it the Saginaw? No, that's not it. Speaking of Egypt and fishing, when I when I was when I was at the Egypt, I don't know what it was, the Museum of Antiquity, whatever, the place where King Tut's stuff was. Yes. I think uh, they all are. But at that museum, I got some great decorating ideas for what to do with Cooper when he dies. <laughs> Oh my God. Because they had this whole room of mummified animals, but their dug was a Nile perch, a, a mummified Nile perch, because they believed it had some godlike properties. And uh, this Have thing. Have you ever had man, Nile perch? It tastes like godlike properties. Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you with a little lemon. You le- deep fry that <laughs> and it's awesome, though. A little lemon, some butter, mm, tartar yeah. sauce. But I got to tell you, I've had like Michigan perch, which is incredible. But man, this perch, I, I got to say five feet long, maybe five feet long. Holy cow. Oh, no, this thing was it huge. does have godlike properties. That yes. would be godlike. Yes, yes, yes. This is a perch I'd, that- I'd mummify that one too and hang on my wall. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest one they ever caught. This is like a Lake Michigan perch went to the buffet and a uh, few too many times. Couldn't stop eating. Needed to lay off. Yeah. So- Yeah. There were as many stories- just in the whatever, I think I was there for like 34 hours or 36 hours total. And there were as many stories off the river as there were on the river. So yeah, yesterday we actually went because the, the trout are just, there aren't really great hatches happening right now. And we got a cold front that came through. So that suppressed a lot of the bugs uh, hatching. So yesterday, which was our second day, we went on the Muskegon and we were actually fishing for pike and bass and uh Man, that river was really high. We were floating. The, the, the river was so high, we actually... How guy high took was us, it? Yeah, Joe was guy, trying to do the same thing. He couldn't get to the microphone fast I was, enough. I could I tell. I was on mute. <laughs> I was screaming into the mic, and I was on mute. It was just sitting there eating a bag of Cheetos on the couch. That's how high it was. Uh, it's, it was ready for fourth meal. <laughs> well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees 
are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.